Hello, Chelsea friends. Welcome to another edition of the London is Calling podcast. I am your host, Ryan Beck. I am joined, as always, by my buddy, partner in crime, Paul Hogan. How are you, Paul? Carlito, we're going we're gonna to stay positive on this one. I will do my very best, but uh, no promises. <laughs> yeah. We are joined by Roman's Empire podcast co-host. His name is Andres. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Glad to be part of the show. Sorry that it has to come on this weekend, but oh, excited to, to get talking some Chelsea and hopefully talk about how we can turn this around. Yo, it was shaping up to be such a quality weekend, and then they had to go and do this. And totally irredeem themselves. God damn it. This is awful. <laughs> All right, Paul. Let's get into it. Um, what do you got for the lineup? Because I have some things to say. Yeah, so only one change from the lineup that we fielded in our previous game that we absolutely yep. looked great. Uh, and that change was N'Golo Conte in, Ross Barkley out. So... Mm. Reese James started on the right, Cesar Espelicueta on the left, Rudiger, Christensen, center backs, mm-hmm. Kepa and Ned, obviously, Conte, Jorginho, Mason Mount through the midfield, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Willian, and Tammy Abraham up top. Yo, did Kovacic sleep with Frank Lampard's girlfriend or something? What's going on here? Well, as we stated in the previous podcast – the season is going to be decided in our next month, basically, uh, uh, the month of February, those fixtures that we have coming up, yeah. Premier League and Champions League. And I think he wants to make sure that Kovacic is going to be there. He's going to be on his A game. And, you know, this season he's been our best player. So I get it, but we got to still – be in fourth place and we got to still have some confidence going into those games so i know that you talk rotation 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 but once again i'm gonna bring it up i bring it up every podcast salah and Mane do not sit why do we have our best player sitting it's ridiculous what do you think andres yeah, I thought that Lampard was naive not to play Kovacic. He set up trying to be a pressing team, but I mm-hmm. think it's backwards to press a team that's only going to play the long ball and play with nine men back. <laughs> so I just thought that having someone like Kovacic who is patient but also urgent on the ball would have been huge for this game. Yeah. He's a connector and a, and a connector wherever he is on the field, whether that be in the final third or our defensive third. And – and Golo Conte certainly wasn't that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that more. What is your thought on rotation? Uh, Zach, when he came on, um, which is your co-host on your podcast, yeah, one um, two. Mm-hmm. He, he talked about how Frank, and I thought it was a good point, that Frank kind of – hasn't been rotating the be- the beginning of the season. He didn't rotate and kind of played guys into the ground like Mason Mount, uh, Pulisic, it, it, to the point where they were in great form and, and scoring goals, and then you saw them kind of lose their form and peter out. No, I think that he makes a good point. But, you know, you, you talk about rotation. I don't think Kovacic just played or started 
the last two games now. Yeah. So for him, it, it makes no sense to me. Maybe starting with Emerson from the beginning on the left and giving Aspie a break would have made sense to me. Or, or maybe, you know, giving Abraham a break. Those make sense because those guys have started every single week. But, yeah, I mean, this week, it, you know, Barkley was out after just one start. Mount is still in. And, and that's the one that kind of this has been bugging me recently because he's definitely a favorite. It's not about form with him. Yeah. Frank has been preaching that form is what gets you selected. So, yeah, I think that Lampard is probably learning from his mistakes. But in this case, it was still a mistake not to play Kovacic, who is more than fresh at this point. Full fresh argument. I mean, if we're going to argue rotation, rotation, then Mason Mount should not be starting. And on top of that, he is not a starter. He is not starter quality. He's a good injection of energy and liveliness and pace as a sub. Yeah. I prefer him as a sub. He is not starter quality. And I don't know what the hell it is with Lampard thinking that he's trying to pull one over on the fans, putting this Darby kid in every single game. I don't like it. Well, I don't like the message it sends to the rest of the players. I don't. I don't think we have many options for that position on the field. It's him right. or Ross Barkley, essentially. Lots of It will eventually be the guy. Eventually, but that's he's it. he he's definitely eventually the guy as long as he comes back as we all think he can. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to be the season, realistically. Oh, no, for sure. And and another thing is, you're right. Mount has to be operating in the final third. That's the way I see it. I, I don't know if with with our current batch of players, he can get a start. But that's at the number 10 route wide because he's so good at pressing that back line. But we saw it this week. He was just too slow in transition. And that played mm-hmm. right the hands of a back nine that Newcastle was playing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a nine block. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, and see, yeah. this, this is – I know – I don't think Frank is learning from his mistakes. I'm going to come out and say it straight up. We are having the same conversations that we have had all season. So So I have something to say about how predictable we are and how easy it is to actually defeat us. There's this great tweet that says how to play against Chelsea set out with two banks of four sitting deep and compact play with at least one pacey striker, stay patient and disciplined at the back and wait for set pieces or put the ball over the top for aforementioned pacey striker to chase. That's it. And to me, about right. that is so frustrating and infuriating that we can get figured out and we are so utterly exposed so easily, so often. And such yeah. a simple formation and, yeah. and formula. Go ahead, Andres. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's, it is frustrating, just that it's frustrating that we had, what, 16 chances in this game and <laughs> nobody found the back of the net? Yeah. Afka is not a world beater at goal. Like, we didn't even challenge him, honestly. Most of the shots were off target, which is embarrassing. Yeah. Es- especially our best chances were <laughs> either right at him or not on target. Yeah, Conte just drilling it right at him instead of playing the ball across the box. I, I can't stand that fucking guy. Yeah, there was, I mean, I, I can point, like, three more. There was the, the Mount open header where yep. he had, like, a full three feet radius around him, and he headed it out of bounds. Will yeah. got a free ball from Mount around the top of the inside of the box and he pushed it out of bounds like yep. with left foot and then Tammy had like three inside the box man I mean we need to put those in the back of the net like I know he's had a great 
record so far, but these are the games that are going to bite us in the ass, not losing the city or Liverpool. It's, it's yep. deep. Yep. So, so let's get into the statistics here. Uh, we had four shots on target. They had three. We had six shots off target. They had four. Possession mm-hmm. was 65 to 35 in our favor. We had 10 corner kicks. They had so one. So frustrating. So frustrating. They had one that ended up not exactly straight off the corner, but from that corner, they scored the goal. You said we had 10 corner kicks? Yes. Holy yep. shit. Yes. And we can't not only bypass the first man on those, we can't finish one of those? That Dude. is alarming. This this is my whole thing. I, I don't think Frank is learning. We are ter- continuing to be terrible on set pieces. We are continuing not to score on set pieces. When set pieces – look at these teams. These teams that beat us are playing the most simple – football that there is and yeah. what are they doing they are scoring on set pieces why can't we do that <laughs> when william takes a set piece and it hits the first man i mean uh, every oh time I, every I, that's time the one thing, that's the one thing that it looks like frank has learned it's like okay william can't take them anymore but in this game i think it was mountain hudson adoy that were splitting the responsibilities and it's like man we have I saw an argument that said, you know, Frank is probably not playing Reese James in the corner kick because if you put your best defender as your furthest player forward, you're just going to get hit on the counter. Yeah. But good God what I would do to have that guy take the corners because we just can't get any consistency. Like long are gone the days that Fabregas was taking those things. Oh, yeah. Right on people's heads. And the fact that we have what? Rudiger and Tammy who are towers not putting their heads across like – the box is just I, – I can't stress enough how stress – like how much stress a corner brings me when we have it. Not even when they – So, I, uh, I respect what you had to say about Reese James being our best defender and we don't want to risk it. You know what? I want to risk it. I want to risk it because we're so poor at it and he's absolutely our best striker of the ball when it comes to in-swinging. I'm willing to roll the dice and say, yeah, Reese, you should be the one taking these corner kicks because everybody else sucks. I mean, leave Aspilicueta back. That That's where he should be anyway. But Yeah. True. But uh, at this point, if we're not creating corner kick uh, chances, take them short. Like, we scored the short one on Tottenham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, just, just – Change it up. Learn from what's going on and adapt. That's that's all I want to see. I mean, William is one of the best in the world at putting someone on skates one-on-one at the corner of the box. Why don't we just do that more? He's unbelievable at that. He eats the guy every single time. We should be playing to our strengths instead of trying to put a round peg in a square hole or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. And how about having Reese James uh, on the corner of the box and putting that that little chip ball in like he does so well? And, yeah. You know, him and William combining right there, short corner. But, all right, let's get into the Newcastle goal. Yeah. Zero. Z- go ahead, what? Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am with you, brother. I am with you. <laughs> so... Zero zero into the ninetieth minute. They get a corner kick 
in stoppage time. We clear the corner kick out to the right touchline. St. Maximin, a quality player, puts in a fantastic cross and gets it basically to the back post. It is Rudiger versus three Newcastle players. And Isaac Hayden nods the ball home. He hasn't scored a goal in a ridiculous amount of games. He might not have ever scored a goal. I can't remember the (laughs) stat. But this is the guy that beat us in the 90th minute. Yeah. So this is an incredibly frustrating thing if you've ever coached uh, soccer, Andres. Backside runs that are open. Yep. They are – I mean, it is kryptonite to any coach. And it just says that your defense is sleeping and that your players are not paying attention. And we get caught wanting all the time with backside runs. That was not the only time in this game that we were exposed to backside runs that were unmarked flooding into the box. Okay, the the one where they hit the crossbar, same thing. Unmarked guys just flooding into the box, backside runs, and we don't see it. I don't understand why that is not a – high priority thing and we just don't see it it's incredibly perplexing to me yeah no i i completely agree i mean i we've kind of neglect like we've kind of solved the issue with the first ball that was what was killing us at the beginning of the season tammy's now there in the front post but yeah that second chance that we give back to the opposition is it like they, we don't we don't have a solution for it and i don't know how that hasn't been even even if it's not a coaching thing, the players should know by now. Hey, we usually get caught sleeping here. Let's make sure the ball's fully cleared before out of our defensive positions trying to score. Like at the end of the day, nil nil gets you a point. One nil loss, zero points. It's the ninety fourth minute. My man. Thank you, Andres. That was so frustrating. Apart from the fact that Rudiger jumped from maybe like three inches off the ground. <laughs> exactly. So this he didn't he didn't win that ball and he absolutely could have in my opinion i'm not going to i know he was outnumbered exactly i'm not going to torture him for it cuz at least he was in the right position when i'm i mean i'm going to go with angolo conte emerson aspilqueta they were all there ball watching Oh, boy. Yeah, and I'm going to go with the same theme that I've been saying for a long time. Rudiger is not good in the air. He doesn't time it right. Often, uh, it'll be a really poor clearance, or he'll completely miss it. That is a major hole in his game. Well, I'll I'll be – I'll represent for JB here, and I believe before Rudiger came back healthy, you were saying that he was going to solve all of our issues in the air? Yep. And it just hasn't worked out. And I was out. wrong. Yeah, just hasn't worked out. So it has, it has not worked out, and uh, I've been wrong a lot lately, so fuck me. <laughs> uh, in, in our podcast last week, I was saying that if there's any center back in the chopping block, realistically, for value and all that, it's either Rudiger or Christensen in my mind. So today's game doesn't change my opinion on that. Oh, you got to – in my opinion, you got to trade Zuma out and put Ake in. Yep. That's what I want. Definitely. And still next to Rudiger? Yeah. Next. You go You go. Andres Christensen, Antonio Rudiger, and, and uh, Nathan Ake. Those three 
Um, and then you have Tomori. Those those four right. those are four very good center backs, and I think you can just kind of rotate between all four of them as yeah. needed. Zuma is not the guy, or at least in our opinion, we are not fans at all. Yeah, I I think Zuma is just unappealing to the eye. I still think that he's just not the guy that needs to be the leader. Like we saw how good he was next to John Terry. Obviously, John Terry's on another level. Yeah. I think that he's just one of those players, you know, every sport has one of those guys that has to be the sidekick, and then he's a hell of a sidekick. Yeah. And I think Zuma is like, Zuma's be your team captain, but he's going to be a good number two. Yeah. Uh, Kristen, um, who is now actually a regular member of the show, but when she was on last week, she said that he's just like a deer in the headlights when he gets the ball. He's uninspiring. He's not creative at all. And for a team that wants to possess out of the back, wants to be a flashy, stylistic possession team, he he sticks out so much. Yeah, that's an issue. You can't have a center back that's not comfortable with the ball, or or plays it quickly enough. But also for me, it's it's glaring when Rudiger has to yell at him for being out of position uh, at least once a, a game when they're playing together. Andres yep. Christensen, you'll never have that problem. We love him. No, I, I think Christensen's definitely changing a lot of minds recently. I think that Frank's indirect quote to him recently where he said that he needed to be a little bit more physical, even though he wasn't talking directly to Christensen, has really gotten to him, and he's made some changes for sure. I think he's by far most yeah. comfortable on the ball. Yeah. Um, I, oh, yeah. Back, oh, yeah. Back, I, I don't know what it is, man. Like, Rudiger likes to scream, but you can also find times when the younger guys aren't willing to scream back at him when he's the guy that steps out of line, you know? Fair point. That's why, yeah. that's why I've always said, like, we need to get a guy that's just – and I hate to compare us to Liverpool because I hate Liverpool, but I can respect Van Dyke. Somebody of that stature. We had John Terry. Like, uh, even Cahill sometimes had that sort of thing. Like, we just – I just want somebody that, like, you're going to look at him and you'll be like, yes, sir. <laughs> well, they, they also still have to cheer for Andy Robertson, who is an absolute <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> That dude, that dude's face is so punchable. I would have bloody knuckles in training, bro. He is the worst. Oh, I cannot fucking stand him. Just the look of him? Because he's a great player. He Just the look of him. He's a great player. His face. Oh, God. Well, I mean, I mean, if you put Virgil van Dyke on, on this Chelsea team, where are we in the league? Second. Yeah, right? Easily. The city, because Liverpool wouldn't be at the top of the table anymore. Well, that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's definitely their best player. Let's be he real. He absolutely dominates. I couldn't get over the game today. He dominates. Anyway, getting back yeah. on track. Let's let's get back to uh, yep. Frank's post-match comments. So, to pick up, he says, even in the first half, there's one team you feel that is pushing. We were trying everything. The lads had their heads down in there. But the brutal reality of football is if you don't score, teams stay in the game, and something like that happens at the end. This is the reality of football. We have had more possession than any of our opponents in every game this season. It is a sign we have a lot of the ball, but we are not scoring enough. And if we want to look upwards, I know what that we need to address that. Okay, so the one way that they can address that is by spending money. Yep. 
I know that that is a primitive, cheap, easy answer, but guess what? It's the truth. We need to buy a goal scorer, and we need to buy an attacking mid. Isco is available for $47 million. Yes. Any Chelsea, Any Chelsea fan that says, oh, we should get the band back, and oh, don't spend any money. We need to, you know, do it for the kids. It's the kids, the kids. Fuck you. You're a naive Chelsea fan who's just trying to be subversive. We need to spend. These players are not good enough, and they're not being challenged enough in training. Okay? We need to get Isco Alcaran in here today. Please and thank you. I will put – I will go, donate to that GoFundMe. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I talked about it last week. Like, somebody asked me, like, oh, why would we need another creator? It's like, well, we don't really have one. Thank These, you. Yeah. We haven't had one person that can do that since the likes of Mata and, and, and Fabregas, whose sole job is to find that one pass that nobody else sees. Yep. And we struggle so much. You, we talked about it earlier. Like, the low block – is our kryptonite. Simple as that. Play a bunch of players back and you'll get some sort of result against Chelsea, whether it's a 1-0 or or nil-nil. Like, you can probably manage that for 90 minutes because we don't have that guy that's, like, trying to over-the-top ball or thread something between three players into a running player. We just don't have that. And yeah. and people are like, oh, well, we could have – we don't have hazards right now. It's like, yeah, we don't. Why bring that back up? It's, <laughs> it's a done deal. Like, he's gone. I, I don't get that argument. Hey, hey, it's not the Chelsea fans that are bringing it up. It's that fat asshole yeah. that brings it up constantly in the media. He's the one that can't get over the fact that we broke up. It's crazy. I think he regrets his decision, by the way. Probably. I, I think, just off topic, I don't think Real Madrid knows how to use a player of the skill of Hazard. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we need a creative midfielder because these teams – we, we get that Lampard wants to press. Like, that is how he usually wants to play. But we're at a point yeah. in the season where these lower side teams aren't looking to play football. Right. They just want a point. Newcastle got three this time around. Yep. They're just trying to get to that. Yeah. I think the magic number is 40. They say you get to 40 points, you're safe from relegation. We're at that mm. point of the year. And we are having to – you're right. We need to buy because 19-year-olds should not be Chelsea saviors. I don't want to hear people saying that Tammy Abraham needs to be the best player on the pitch for us to win games. That That is backwards. Those guys need to be learning from someone so that when their time comes, they're ready to go from the beginning. We are Chelsea. Excellent point. We are Chelsea. We're not supposed to learn on the fly. We're supposed to have results now. That's right. And if we're learning from our past, we can build for a future, which we've never done before. So Right. <laughs> go get you your Isco. Go get you a guy that can bring in talent right into this 11, and the young guys will follow suit. I know that this has been a paradigm shift in mentality and style of play for Chelsea, but I don't want us to go all the way grassroots. I still want us to have a little old Chelsea where if we have a problem, we spend money on As it. As it should be. No, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a balance, right? And right now, especially in the attacking center mid position, we are very unbalanced. And yep. that is where Isco would be fantastic. Yeah, we have a center mid right now that can't pass. N'Golo Conte, he doesn't have a creative bone in his body. Why are we asking him to create when he doesn't know how? That is not his skill set. It never has yeah. been. Yeah. Isco coming in would honestly make Conte better because we can shift back to that 4 2 3 one and let Conte yeah. terrorize everyone that tries to hit that back four. Yep. Which is the strongest thing. Like, 
I again, Frank wanted to press these guys. These guys didn't even want to have the ball. What's the point of having uh, Mount and Conte run rampant when there's nothing to chase? Yeah. So let me let me give you uh, one more quote from Frank. He says, "We can't work anymore in training on finishing. You need to have that killer instinct in front of net. We need to score more goals from front line areas if we are going to get to where we want to be. It's quite clear from what I am saying now that we know where we need to strengthen, but we shall see." Uh, that's a thinly veiled threat if I've ever heard one. <laughs> that is as blunt as you will hear. <laughs> yeah. He's looking right at you, Marina. Shake those ass cheeks. Get it going, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think he's, after yeah. James's face when he signed his extension, I don't think the players disagree with you. No. And, yeah. and um, I think he's looking right at Michi and saying, you're gone, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. I with the yeah. last thing that the last thing I would wish upon this squad is is an injury to Tammy because, oh, oh man, yeah, we would be, we would oh, be in trouble. Boy. Exactly. We are so dependent on Tammy Abraham, and it's not fair to him. Really, it's not. So is this Timo Werner thing back on again? What's going on there, Andres? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. If if there's at least sign him for next season. Just give me that peace of mind because that'll put a fire yeah. on the guys that are currently on the squad. You have an imminent threat coming. Like, it's a done deal. You better start stepping up now because come summer, it's either that guy or you. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the honeymoon the honeymoon will be over exactly. with Frank Lampard by this summer. This is now go time. You have to have results. Right. Right. So if, if Leipzig is going to hold on to him for dear life because they think they can win the Bundesliga, I get it. But give them the money now. Yep. We got Pulisic that way. And bring in the surefire yeah. thing that's going to be a surefire thing for the next five years. Yeah, Zach, Zach said when he was on the podcast, that's the one player that he wants us to buy. I want Wilfred Zaha. But if Timo Werner is available, and I think he's 22 years old or something like yeah, that, it's, dude, that is a no He's brainer. an absolute stud. German international. Pace. He has World done. Cup experience, Champions League experience. I mean, got it. Oh, done. yeah. He's, he's a veteran, and he's only 22. Guy is a total G. I absolutely love him. All right. So, so my comment on Frank's comments over the past two months. He has continuously, um, you know, brought into question our goal scoring, basically saying that we're losing these games, not getting results because we're not scoring goals, which is true. you got to score goals to win the game, right? That's the whole point of the game. But as Andre said, you can't lose the game if you don't give up a goal. Right. Right. So I, you know, Mauricio Sarri came in last season and started a paradigm shift uh, at Chelsea in more attacking soccer, more attacking football. Frank Mm -hmm. Lampard is doing his best to continue that paradigm shift. And in my opinion, he's actually doing a, a good job of it. We're definitely playing 
more stylistically, you know, attacking and and it's good football to watch, no question. It's fun. But yeah. In the meantime, we're losing the the old Chelsea that wouldn't give up any goals. The old Chelsea that Mourinho started and and that won us all these trophies, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I'm at the same time. You can't, you can't um, discount the mental advantage of scoring goals, right? The the mentality of your opponent uh, changes mentally. It it you know it does something. It becomes sure. easier to keep that clean sheet for sure. But for me, I'm tired of hearing Frank talk about scoring goals. I am. We got it. We got it. We've had five clean sheets the whole season. It's embarrassing. The, the bottom, the the team who has the least clean sheets has three. Okay. Jeez. So, and the team oh, who man. has the most, Liverpool, has nine. So we're we're twelfth in in the league in clean sheets. And if you're going to be a top four team, it's going to be real tough to keep that top four place when you when you're not keeping goals out. Yeah. So, and Paul and I have known each other for a very long time, but when Antonio Conte was our manager, I would always call Paul and say, man, I hate how defensive we are. I hate that we don't have the ball a lot. It was really hard to watch. I mean, there was that game at the end of the season against Manchester City where I think we had 15% possession. And the players were walking? And, yeah. Yeah. And it was – you could just tell that it was miserable to play for Antonio Conte. <laughs> I would never want to play for him. He's a little much. But at the same time, I feel like we've gone so far in the other direction where possession and style and flair is, is the only thing that matters – that we have completely forgotten our defensive responsibilities. We don't prioritize it at all. I can just totally tell that Frank Lampard does not prioritize defense. He wants to score more than the other team instead of worrying about getting clean sheets. And I think that's the wrong move here because we're not going to win anything if we keep conceding this much this often. Yeah, I I think there's got to be some sort of disconnect in, in the communication of how to play defense. And I'm gonna talk about how like I like I just talked to Paul before we started recording. I, I play in a seven, and the one thing I ask my my like midfielders and offensive players on that in a sevens game transition is gonna kill you. So if you're gonna be a possessing in their half, make sure that each buildup ends in a corner, a goal kick, or a goal. We are so <laughs> bad in transition, so bad. It's gotten a little bit better with Reese James on the right and Aspie on the left. But mm-hmm. even then, that is where we get killed because everybody is pushing forward against these low blocks, and we just have that mental fart where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to score, so I don't need to remember to be back on defense. Yep. And that's where we get killed. <laughs> I know this time around it was the corner and the set piece, but most of the time it's not a goal where they passed it 17 times and then they scored on us. It's because we were trying to score. Everybody was up there, and then we got caught sleeping. Yep. And, and so it's finding that happy medium. We don't want to go back to the Conte days, not at all. And we definitely don't want to go back to the sorry days where we pass it aimlessly. But you have to make something yeah. happen. And I think that the difference between now where we're, we're struggling to score versus the beginning of the season is that our players aren't being risky enough. 
you don't see people trying to take that shot from distance before setting up the perfect, you know, kind of ball, like touch it three times and shoot. You don't see someone just shooting it first time anymore. When was the last time Mount did that? Like, we, we don't see it often. Pulisic is not here to make something happen. Who was one of the guys driving yeah. that? William is good at dribbling, but his dribbles are always stop the play altogether, maybe take a touch backwards. And then in this game, unlike the last two games, Hudson Adoy did not have the confidence for some reason. And he was always dribbling backwards too. So why are we not being risky? Why, these guys are getting comfortable. And that's why, again, I need, we need to sign it. There it is. Too Yeah, my dad, my dad called me at halftime of the game and said, why the fuck aren't these players shooting? And I said, I don't know. It's like they want to walk the ball yes. into the goal. He goes, God, sometimes you just got to rip it. And I, when Barkley came on, I texted him because it was in like the 65th minute. I was like, watch, Barkley will shoot the ball. He didn't shoot it one time. Not one We're time. allergic to shooting. It's, it's weird. Uh, and this, it, is, th- this is what drives me crazy because you're right. William has been guilty of this multiple times this season where he's, dr- he's literally dribbling into the six. And all you have to do is toe poke the ball. Just just put it on net with any any power. It doesn't have to be much, yep. and you got a shot. Diego Costa was so good about that. Yep. Ball is deeper oh, at yeah. 55 miles an hour. It's, it's almost inhuman to react that quickly. It doesn't even have to be top, like bottom corner, top corner. It doesn't. Just anywhere outside of yeah. the, the generic – body shape that a goalkeeper has that's all i'm asking yep yep all right so well timo Werner will definitely be shooting so hopefully we can get him i hope so i mean frank explicitly said we're gonna be adding looking to add a striker so that's that's gonna be interesting well and he could play outside forward as well he's not limited to just quick yeah Oh my God! Yes, pace is, is underrated for sure. Yeah, it's one of his best attributes, actually. Um, okay, what else we got? Bro? All right, you guys want to get into N'Golo Conte, Callum Hudson Odoi? Yes, <laughs> I do. Right. Go ahead. Start with either <laughs> one. Okay, so I'm, well, I'm going to start with N'Golo Conte now. Andres, you don't know me well, but Paul does. N'Golo Conte is one of my least favorite Chelsea players, if not my least wow. favorite. I was a center mid in college, but I was actually a much better player in my mid-20s. And I was a center mid. I was a creative guy. I was a very great passer. And so when I watch N'Golo Conte play the position that I love, I hold him to a really high standard, and he never meets it. He never meets it because he's not creative. He's not even a great passer at all. And his only great attribute is that he's a ball winner. And he's not even that great at that anymore. He has lost a couple steps with all these injuries and the irregularity with the France call-ups and all that stuff. It's put a hitch in his step a little bit. And so the, be- the only reason why he would be out there is that ball-winning ability, and he's no longer the same guy. Well, n- so that's how I feel Not to it. mention in this game, we didn't have, you know, when are we winning the ball? We had. The we didn't ball. have to, right? Yeah. yeah. He was so yeah. poor. Oh my god. That's why it was refreshing to have Ross Barkley start alongside Mason Mount last game. The the two times that we started those guys, surprisingly, because I'm not 
big on Ross Barkley. We have won both the games. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting note there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, man, the thing you have to play – Every, depending on how you build a team, because, you know, Bakayoko was amazing at Monaco because he had a specific role, right? The moment you asked him yeah. to go outside that mold, not so much. I think that Sari found a way to use him a little bit better than Lampard. I think Lampard, and I've mentioned this before, sometimes is too gung-ho. And, and again, we talked, I talked about how Mount is better up in the full, like final third. On the opposite end, Conte needs to be in the middle third or the lower third. That's why he was so successful under uh, Ranieri at Leicester, so successful under Conte, and he was undroppable, right? So if, again, and this goes back to the signings thing, if we decide to stick to the 4-2-3-1, great. You have Conte just sitting back, you have Kovacic doing the box-to-box, and you have Isco up front. Or you have Jorginho doing the passing, Conte doing the cleanup, but it has to be that. He needs to know what his role is, and we need to play to those strengths because he's not the guy that's going to find that pass. He's not the guy that's going to dribble three players and then score. And his and his long shots, those come once every blue moon. Uh, and they're not going yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> and against this team, you need someone that's going to be peppering shots or crosses, and, we, and he's not that guy. He simply is not that guy. So today he shouldn't have played. Well, that and I hate that – People praise Conte just because they like him. He seems like an affable guy. He smiles a lot. The France uh, picture when he was on the bike. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. But you got guys like Nick Verlaney and Alex Goldberg, and they're over-praising and over-hyping Conte into something that he simply is not. And they do it because they like him. And I feel like that is a disingenuous reason to praise a player. I, yeah, I think that people will fall trapped to that. I, I don't get – I agree. So, for me, recently, I've been more of the, man, do we need to play Conte every single game? Before before this season, I said yes, absolutely. Like, we have to play yeah. every game. This season, I think – let me pull up this stat I found the other day. So, somebody posted this on Twitter, and it kind of blew my mind. So, win percentage without Conte this season, 71%. Win percentage with Conte this season, 36%. Oh, my goodness. So here, take this into account, though. Conte was in the game with Liverpool and the games uh, with United and City. So those were tougher opponents. But also, I looked on the other side of the spectrum. We're playing him against deep-lying teams. Uh, I made a list. Give me just one second to find that for y'all. It includes, take your time. Uh, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham, um, Everton and Bournemouth, which were all draws or losses. And those are all teams that are going to play with a back line of eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep Conte for the games where opponents want to play football. Mm-hmm. Your Champions Leagues, your top six games. That's when you want Conte to break up any sort of buildup they have. But these lower sides are not coming to play. They're not. They don't care to play pretty football. They don't care if they score. They just need the points. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a cynical approach, but you're absolutely right. It is what they're doing. And in times like that, when they are playing super defensive with nine players, that's when you need an Isco. That's when you need a Fabregas when he was at Barcelona in his early part of his Chelsea career. Mm-hmm. 
that's when you need someone that can unlock a defense, a true playmaker. Conte will never Juan be Juan Mata's doing ever. it still as a bit part player at Man United. Yep. Yeah, I saw that yep. today. One or two assists against Norwich last week. I mean, when, yep. you, when you have it, you have it, right? When you're that player that can find that pass, that's going to come in. It's going to be important no matter what. You said it. Fabregas under Conte was playing 20 minutes a game, tops, and he was making those late goals come. So. Oh, yeah. No, he was amazing. Just an amazing passer. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, I, I'm actually surprised how much we agree on Nguolo Conte. I, I mean, I'm not ready to sell him. Don't get me no, wrong. No, 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 no. Oh, no. I want I want to sell him. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, Paris Saint-Germain will pay $100 million for him. I, th- it would be part PR and part because he's French. But they will absolutely overpay for him. Yeah, I mean. I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Uh, I'm not either because he's still, <laughs> you know, he scored in the bigger games. Liverpool, City again. He he, did, he has a role yeah. in this team. I'm not. We haven't fully transitioned into a different team where we don't need an Angola Conte just yet. No, no, no. Don't, and don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm, I'm not expecting him to score, to be a goal scorer. But he's yeah. still the best ball winner in the world, in my opinion. So, in games where we need to win the ball and, you know, like you said, we're playing some of these better teams, top teams, he absolutely has a place on the field. Agree to disagree. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so let's get into Kyle Hudson-Odoi. Yeah, buddy, (laughs) Zach's favorite player, the man he will die on a vine to motherfucking protect. Your boy, Zach, saying on Twitter, I will unfriend and not talk to anybody that slates Cal Munson and I am the chief slater of Cal Munson and I think he's incredibly overrated. His attitude sucks. He's got a smug face, and he, he cannot be consistent. He just doesn't get it. He thinks he's Jaden Sancho. He thinks he's better than Jaden Sancho. Buddy, you ain't better than Jaden Sancho. That's what I got. I cannot stand Cal Mudson-Odoi, and he continues to prove me right. Well, for, for a fact, I know I can say that it's not his fault that he has that face <laughs> his parents. <laughs> I'm going to blame God and man, for that face. I honestly – okay, the guy, here's my take on it, and this goes to every youngster now. Just because Kylian Mbappe came out of nowhere and is now almost top – Almost top three, if not already there, player. And he, I, I think he's number one. Well, I think he's number one. He's in he's there for the world's best. Just because that freak of nature came along at 17 or however young he was at Monaco, it's yeah. ruining every other, the view of every other young player. Because at this point, people are saying that everyone's a generational talent. Everyone has world-class potential. Everyone. They, say, they throw that out all the time. And I think that's why it's causing this split for Calamuts and Adore. I get it. I get what you're – like, you, we've had this conversation. The Bayern thing, wanting to play. Yeah. But to an extent, like, dude, the media just blows everything so much. Like, there has to be a, a black and white, right? But even the players can acknowledge that the kid's got talent. But at the end of the day, he's still a kid. And you, you, you were also very excited the last two weeks when he was on it, right? I was willing to eat the crow. I don't care. I'm a Chelsea fan. If he plays well, I'm not going to shit on him. So, but so he hasn't played well. He was bad today, right? He was bad. I'm not going to – Objectively bad. He was bad, bad today. 
But guess who was just as bad? Tammy Abraham missed three shots inside the box. I haven't heard a peep out of anyone about talk wanting to talk down Tammy just because he's our only striker. Willian. Willian had a one-on-one chance where he t- completely missed the target. But Willian wears our number 10 jersey. We're not talking about him. And Mason Mount, the new coming of Frank Lamp to many, had like four chances where he made one choice where he could have laid it off or taken a shot. Nobody's slating him either. Yep. So I get that the Bayern thing has already tainted a lot of people's views on Cho, but I, I want it to be fair, man. Like, there was three other players, th- two which are young players, who could have gotten more slack than him today, and they're not, simply because they were on loan last season. To be fair, part of it is Cho's cheerleader, Alex Goldberg, doesn't make it any easier, <laughs> dude. He doesn't make it any easier. He's so obnoxious about his fandom for this one player who is not even – the 15th best player on Chelsea. <laughs> and it's just, it, you, when you have, when you share a room with someone like that, I'm sorry, it taints my view even more of Cal mutzen Maybe that's unfair. Maybe that's not his fault. But you know what? You're the company you keep, my man. Yeah, the, the, the kid, so I, I wanted to dig deeper because I was like, you know, he had a bad game. Again, I'm not going to say he didn't. He should have played better. But I was trying to figure out the why, and we discussed it earlier. The front three were not getting the ball until there was already yep. five people in front. Yes. So, for one, our front three were set up to fail from the beginning when it took us forever to get the ball moving forward. We were too horizontal in a game where we didn't even have to break down a team. They were already just running back scared. And the difference between – like, dribblers need to catch people in transition, right? Yep. If you want to catch them guard, you make a move. If they're already saying, oh, well, if I mess up on, in this one-on-one, there's three guys behind me, everyone's going to play confident defensively. And I think that hurt everybody in the front three. And so, yeah, hudson Adoy wasn't great, but it, it goes across the board for me. Like, it, I, I don't want hudson Adoy to be the guy that carries me to like to the top four. At that point, we're, we're picking at straws. We missed Christian Pulisic today. Yeah, oh, 100%. But here's the thing, man. If with Cal Mutsu-Odoi, yeah. if we buy another attacker, is he even going to get time? Depends. Depends. Because, again, I- I've been saying if we're, gonna, if, we, if we're playing in a world where we want to play, we all believe Kovacic should be on the field, right? Hell yes. He's my favorite okay. player in, the whole, in all of European football. And then Paul and I agree that Conte is the best ball winner. We switch back to a 4-2-3-1. There's room. There's room. We're about to play two matches a week for the rest of the season starting in February. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of high-quality matches. And, again, there needs to be competition. If, if the kitchen – what does it say? If the, when the cooking gets hot out of my kitchen or whatever, <laughs> if he's going to come after getting that big contract and not try to earn it, like, at that point, I will start being upset. But let's be real. There's nobody else to play out there besides exactly. him. It just feels like he, con- he feels like he conned his way into that. Contract. Exactly. He won. He wanted that contract and he held Chelsea over, you know, basically bent him over backwards to get that contract, which absolutely. I put some of that on Chelsea, not getting that contract done with him when they probably should have. Yeah. They yeah. should have a lot earlier because he was Play, paid maybe 60% of what he got paid. But again, the media, the moment someone like Bayern got involved, who was like one of the most stable teams in Europe, that <laughs> we lost the, the, the negotiation yep. there. Who, yeah, but who got Bayern involved? I don't think that they made the first move. I think that 
Calm Hudson Doy's brother contacted man. them. I don't know, man. My my dad's a big Bayern fan, so I'm half German, and sure. he is. He was already telling me he's like, "Hey, I keep seeing these links to this young guy in, in the Chelsea team," and he was telling me this before before the bids came out. So he's deep into the Bayern side. He's like a member and whatnot. Wow. So I, I think there was real interest there because I mean they didn't know that Nabry was going to be such a hit, and before Komen got injured, they were hoping that he would be good. So they were they had been looking. They ended up with Coutinho, who's working well for them, but they were looking hard for a long time replacement because they hadn't been in a position where they needed a winger immediately in so long. Yeah. And the Bundesliga is such an easy place to to, yeah. to kind of bleed in yeah. young talent. Well, yeah, that Bayern really doesn't spend a lot of money for such a high profile club. Look at all the transfers that they've had. I think their transfer records like thirty five million. Uh, this season they broke it. So Lucas Hernandez was mm-hmm. seventy. Oh, okay. Like, so that's their first big signing. Yeah, compared to the likes of who, like Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, those guys are spending chump change. Yeah, yeah. So, Reese James got injured in this game. He's been a revelation on the right for us uh, these last probably five games, and it's going to yeah. be interesting going forward to see how we deal with that. Emerson came on. And didn't have much of an impact. Um, both Carlito and I like Emerson as a player. I, we we think he has a lot of potential to to be the left back for our team. But yeah, he hasn't impressed for Frank this season. It's been tough. Go ahead, Andres. Sorry, I, I totally missed the question part of that. <laughs> there was no question. We just really like Emerson. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about <laughs> right. Emerson? So when he first came back, he was, he was recovering from an ACL. Yeah. And we all know that Conte makes a quick decision on a player and sticks to it no matter what. So he was pri- primed to lose out on the Conte situation. Then Sari comes along. And Sari used a little bit more, but he took too long to get him in. Lampard yeah. comes. He was a... I, I'm going to admit it, the first five matches, Emerson was unplayable, but then came the injury again, right? So, man, I, I think there's that's a position we can definitely cash in on a player that is world-class, is not almost world-class for cheap. And, again, we don't have to go get a Marcelo, someone that's established. Get someone young. Get, him, get someone that can maybe push Emerson to get to the potential he had at Roma. Because I don't want to get rid of Emerson. I don't. I think he's at worst, at worst case, he'll be a squad uh-huh. player. But he's got that bit of like, Brazilian left backs. I mean, <laughs> do I need to say more? That's like the thing right now. Yeah. Uh, there's this potential there. It's just a matter of showing him that he has to compete for it. Right now, I know Aspie's sliding to the left to bring some defensive stability because our defense is bad. But I get the moment you put in a better center back behind Emerson, the better Emerson uh-huh. will get too. So. I don't think right now he can be starter quality, but maybe with the right competition, he can prove me wrong. I don't think he's particularly awful at anything, but I also don't think he's particularly world-class at anything either. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that Ian Matson could be the guy to come up from underneath yeah. with the U23s and push him, but I don't think Frank is uh, looking in that direction right now. We just signed that kid, Tariq Lamptey. I think I think we got an extension yeah, with him, did. right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Back right. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say we have. It seems like a lot of decent options coming up 
in the youth system for outside backs. Dujon Sterling as well. For outside back options. So I would like to get by if we, if we could without splashing too much there and save it for a striker center attacking mid, you know, maybe a center back if the right one's available. But yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, I don't want Lewis Dunk. No. I don't want to spend fifty Get mil on Dunk. Please, no. That yeah. is that is stupid. I I really will be upset if like I rarely like I usually say you know what if a transfer comes I'll support them. That is one that makes absolutely zero sense. To me. <laughs> zero sense. Like you guys know, we we've had the conversation where you know I'm not gonna push for Zaha, but if he comes, I'll support the guy. Like he has something to bring. He's one of the best dribblers in the league. So hey, that's something. He's the best dribbler. Huh? <laughs> what? Nothing. Yeah, and he's 28. I'm not spending 50 mil on a 28 year old guy that plays the great. It's not happening. He's great in the air. It's n- <laughs> wonderful. So was I, and I'm 5'10. All right, get out of uh, here. That's not a that's not a signing that I would. Uh, that's that goes back to the drink yeah, one. Yeah, it's a band aid. Oh, Jesus! And Chelsea would do it too. Oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, if our academy, our academy players keep coming up, we don't need to worry about the whole UK minimum because we're getting that from our academy. Yeah. So that argument is trash now. It, it makes no sense. We have the freedom now to get these foreign yep. players. We have mm-hmm. it. We didn't have it before under Conte. We didn't have it under Sari. We didn't have it even um, before Conte when we had uh, Mourinho again. Like it, Now we do. We finally have a – the way I see it, because people are saying, oh, you can't block the youth. No, no, no. The academy, best case, bring you some squad players. Once in a while, they'll bring you a well-made starter, like someone like Reese James and Tammy Avery. Yeah. But you don't expect every single kid to graduate and be a world beat. No. And that whole Connor Gallagher thing where we called him back from Charlton and put him on to Swansea. Con- Connor Gallagher is someone that I actually am interested in because that dude will shoot the ball. I know yep. that this is a tangent, but I like that player. And that is one that could – come through and be an organic player for us instead of us having to spend, you know, 60, 70 million on a comparable player. He's actually give us some, give us some backstory on him. What position, all that, how old? Oh, he's a center mid. He's a center mid. He's, he, you know, kind of similar story to Mason Mount. And he's, he was playing in the lower league this year, but he's played so well that, we're, we put him um, on Swansea, who was looking to get a promotion into the Premier League. Yep. Uh, and it, it really does look like they're going to win it all. And so we, we're, we're actually cultivating Connor Gallagher. Frankie is obviously keeping a keen eye on him and watching his development. That could be a player that actually graduates into the senior team. Yeah, he was, he was our player of, youth player of the season last year, I believe. And uh, He's great. He plays more of an eight number, like he's more of a natural eight rather than kind of forcing Mount to, to mm-hmm. play deeper. And the guy's got goals from that position. I think he was scoring in his first seven matches. He had something ridiculous, like five goals, two assists for for uh, um, who who Carl, Charles Charlton for yeah. Charlton, right? So now he gets to play for a team that's actually trying to play football rather than battle relegation from the championship. So yeah, I, I'm I'm also pretty excited about Gallagher. I see him as more of a a more built Mason Mount, I guess. Yes. He's got more of a physicality to him. He's got some bite. Kid's good. He's very English. 
And no homo, he's very good looking. <laughs> he's very good looking. Yes, I love the hair. Love the hair. Bring the bring the team handsome up. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, when we lose Alonzo, we 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 gotta buy someone That's handsome. Right. Andrew. Rude. Oh God. Yeah, there you go. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> if Kristen was on today, she'd be going nuts. All right, give us the results of your ride test. Rudiger, okay, uh, Andre, so my name's Ryan, and, you know, I do this thing called the Rye Test, which is essentially just the eye test, but I yep. think I'm clever and cool, even though I'm not. <laughs> <clears throat> so, really, uh, again, we had so much possession, and Rudiger was on the ball a lot, and I, I like that. He's a very capable center back when it comes to ball distribution, even though Andreas is still considerably better. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to slate him because I think he should have won that ball. I really do. I know that there were, he was marking essentially three guys, but he should have won that ball. And uh, he disappointed me. I was expecting him to be one of the players of the game yesterday. And uh, when it really mattered, he didn't pull yeah. through. Give us, give so, us your, uh, the great quote about if a defender, you know, makes a mistake versus if a striker scores a goal, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tammy Abraham can have the worst game of his career, but if he scores, he's done his job. Okay. Antonio Rudiger could have the game of his life for 93 out of the 94 minutes. But if he's the reason that we lost when he could have very easily won that ball, then he had a very poor game. That's the difference between defenders and attackers. Everybody knows this. All right. Everybody that's played soccer knows this. If you score, you did your job as a striker. The defense, defenders have a lot more responsibility. Okay, and there, uh, he just didn't pull through. That's fair. I can't argue with it. I don't particularly like it. I know because you're a defender. Yeah, and <laughs> and uh, you know, at least he was there when there was other people not there. But yeah, yeah. I know it's not fair, and I like Rudiger. Rudiger's uh, a, a good I, player. Yeah, but it's the no. truth. Okay, he he didn't do his job. Yeah, that's fair. I think it must be said, too, we're being hard on a lot of guys that we consider to be really good players, and, and including me on, on uh, Frank Lampard. We really, we've left Lampard be for the most part. I haven't given him, you know, haven't slated him at all, but. It, it, Paul, he's, the, he's statistically the worst manager in the Roman Abramovich. I understand, I, and that's why. I think it's time to to give it to him a little bit. Nobody's off yeah. limits. <laughs> no, not after some of the performances that we've put in this year. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> what do you What do you got, Andres? So this is uh, someone I need a slate. No, 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 no. no just reaction to any of that, oh. or or you can get into your player of the game. I I guess it's gonna be a little bit of both. I mean, I'm still just beyond shocked how much. Reese James is important to this team and yeah. how he's still like three steps ahead of everyone else, which shouldn't be the case when he's 20 or 21, whatever birthday he just had. The, the fact that he's putting in balls that these forwards should have known to make a run for the fact that he's making the right run, whether it's overlapping or underlapping. I mean, he's mature beyond his years and I'm hoping I haven't looked followed up on the injury, but I'm hoping it's a short one because that right side looks a lot better with him there. 
Uh, Frankie said he's going to be fine. Okay, great. That's all I can Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. It's, James a, it's a big sigh of relief. percent of the games I'm right back. Uh, he's a true prodigy, man. You, like, like we were talking about with Kylian Mbappe, where he just came out of nowhere and he had it immediately. Reese James is the same thing. I personally think he's better than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, Southgate does not. But Reese will get his chance. Yes, he will. And it's right now. That that right side is his. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I mean, any Chelsea player, uh, player of the game has to be Reese James. No question. Mm-hmm. Even with the early substitution. Yeah, even with the early substitution. Oh, yeah, he was so great. He's so fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. Just a bolt of energy, man. All right, so who's your player of the game, Carlito? Oh, Reese James, right. for sure. So, notable weekend results. Liverpool beat United 2-0. Leicester lost to Burnley 2-1. Wow. And Palace and City drew 2-2. You know, it's, it's very telling. Oh, by the way, we don't, we don't talk about Arsenal or Tottenham because we don't consider them to be big clubs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, it's so interesting that we are still top four. And I think that just shows how much parity there really is in England and how every game is so difficult and none of them are guaranteed like they are every time Barcelona plays a team like Celta Vigo or, or Mallorca. Or played Granada yeah. and they had 1,005 passes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you just – no result is guaranteed in England. And the fact that Leicester, who I think is a pretender team, just, just keeps backsliding. Uh, the fact that City can't seem to figure it out. I'm surprised that Mikel Arteta actually took the Arsenal job because I thought he was going to be the heir apparent to Pep Guardiola. But these other three teams and the teams below us, they're not playing well either. And we are lucky to be in fourth, but it's not just because of how poor we're playing. Other teams are playing poorly too. Well, how about this? Only two teams in the top half of the table secured three points this week. Great stat. That is what's keeping us and in fourth in the table. Yeah, we do not deserve to be fourth, by the way. Go ahead, Andres. I just said that's why it's the best league in the world. No question. Oh yeah. No question about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so lame to watch La Liga, dude. There's only two teams. There's only two teams, and then the rest are just farm teams. All right. Let's get into closing thoughts, fellas. Frank Lampard, you need to start prioritizing defense because it's becoming embarrassing and I am finding it more and more difficult to defend you even though you're the best player we've ever had. All right, Andres. Just take the damn shot. Don't overthink <laughs> it inside the box. Love that. Yep. <laughs> Grip it and rip it, my man. <laughs> Why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to miss. Big deal. And that's the point. You don't get – you miss, no counterattack. If you don't take the shot, counterattack. There it is. Yeah. That's a great point. All right. This has been a, a rather successful podcast. Uh, Andres, thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome Yeah, anytime. thanks, Andres. We'll, we'll have you on, and next time we'll do it on better terms. Maybe – hey, we got, <laughs> yeah. we got Tuesday Arsenal. Let's pick it back Good up. game. <laughs> yeah, Paul, we've got Kristen and Shane on the post-game podcast for Arsenal. 
So that should be a good one. Shane is uh is hey, a he's big time Arsenal, so that'll bring that'll bring some yeah. good. Obnoxiously yeah, that'll so. do some good. I can't believe I cannot believe he has to cheer for Matteo Gunduzi. The he's still he's the worst player in the entire league. It's just awful. It's just awful. All right, Andres. Hey, yeah, next time bring Zach on and we'll do a pod on pod. Uh, I'll try to get them on, guys. Uh, and yeah, like Sam said, if we lost this week, that means we're going to come out and destroy Arsenal because we seem to go up and down week to week. So, I I can't have another Arsenal loss or tie on on my psyche. I'm concerned for myself. Uh, I, I I think Lampard knows better. Well, we yeah. we win the big ones. That's the thing. We win the big ones. Oh, the Tottenham win was, was one of the best days of the year. Okay. Anyways, this has been London is Calling podcast. Thank you, Andres, for coming on. Uh, Let's get a win on Tuesday.